When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. That's when Patrick plays songs um, that are supposed to uh, give Harge and I hints and clues, breadcrumbs that lead us to the new theme of the day. And although I really like all the songs that have been played, they are except very, very good songs. I mean, talk about hits. This could be new. This could be Top of the Trust Tuesday too, man. Uh, I have no idea what the new theme of the day is. So I'm looking for okay. you to save me. I'm trying. I'm trying to save you. Does any of this have connections to West Virginia? No. Does oh, it have to be playing good. for playing for the championship? You still the one. Your number one, one is correct. Oh, but you are not thinking of the right reason I am playing one. Because the first song was One Love. The second song wow. is One of These Nights. This is still the one. Whoa. One. What, what one in when, my life? When, oh, when you got the double one. Yeah, 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 we should have yeah. known he wanted to I talk more about Wimby. We should have known he wanted to bring that. up Wimby. How can yeah. we not know that he wanted to talk again all day about Wimby and make the new theme all about the, the, the Spurs being the luckiest team in the history of the NBA lottery? Dang it. To I be, got caught slipping. Nah, that's, we, we both should have got that. That's my bad, too. Yes, uh, Spurs. In the lottery six times as a franchise, and three of those six times they've ended up with the number one overall pick, and they've all been big men. Yep. All right. Yep. David Robinson, Tim Duncan, and they're Wendy getting Yama. taller. The next number one what pick we get. It's gonna be eight feet tall. Uh, and if they continue on the trend, the other the previous two were Hall of Famers. So yeah. yeah. Who? And well, and one ended up being part, at least a key cog in a dynastic run. So. Yeah, um, really hoping that the um, man that the Spurs don't kick off that dynastic run too early. Dang it! Yeah, because it's right now it looks real good. So there you go. That's the new theme of the day. Win Biyama, he is uh, the, the prize. One. Yeah, he's gonna be <laughs> he'll be the prize for the uh, the Spurs winning that number one overall pick in the NBA lottery. Mm. Still don't know how the hell that happened. Oh, yeah, I don't. I don't. Know. How did that happen? You know what? I'm going to tell you, other teams need to start lighting candles for for the draft picks. Because I, I can tell you, do. San Antonio has got to have the most candles lit. I know they do. I'm sure By other, far. Other yeah. fan bases are doing it too. But like I said, we, we went over this. In Rod's round the day, the day before the NBA yeah. lottery, I went through all the numbers. You guys know I'm a numbers guy, an analytics guy. I went through the actual numbers, and I said, all the numbers say, because I'm a black I'm trying to predict 
the future events, you look at past events. You want to predict future behavior, look at past behavior. And the 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 past events told us Spurs were going to win it. And I said, listen, I'm telling you, based on recent history, Spurs win these things when they're in the lottery. And I thought it was just a cute anecdotal little Oh, so what, it's the first thing you ever gave a stat for you're like, man, I hope I'm wrong. I did I should have said that. I never said that and I now I I'm gonna come to regret that for the next couple of decades actually probably. Depending mm-hmm. on how long Winbinyama plays. Hope he plays for a long time though too, because I do wanna I, I mean if he's gonna be the next LeBron James I've never been this close to the next LeBron James. He's going to be there. At least I can go down there and check yeah. him out. I was, I was listening. James. LeBron James. I was listening to Brian Windhorst yesterday talking about uh, how Wimbayama has apparently a strenuous foot exercise oh, that, to he does, it. that he does foot stretches and foot, and foot exercises mm-hmm. all the time to try and strengthen it because he knows that is a weak point for a lot of big mm-hmm. men. Like and it. so he's somebody that has worked ahead of it to try and stay as healthy as possible. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the only that's things good. that can bring him that can kind of de- derail this thing is his injuries, and that's something he can't yeah. can't can really he can no. control. He's trying to control as much as he can. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, can't control it, but he's trying to control it as much as you can. All right, so that's the new theme of the day. I can't believe it took us that long, Harch. Come on, man. Yeah, we should have known that. Dude. We, we, I mean, who wants number to one, wallow in what, their I'm, victory some more? I'm over here thinking about Bob Marley Fest. I you was know? too, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So all the songs basically will reference or have yeah. something to do with number one or first or yeah, whatever. One, yeah. Which okay, there you go. So shout out to my man Patrick, always keeping us on our toes. All right, uh, Hard Knock Life coming up next segment. We're gonna talk some hardball in that segment. But we're gonna talk some football here in this segment. Let's talk Cowboys first, Hard. Since mm-hmm. you're a Cowboys fan yep. and. And I thought this comment from their uh, from Schottenheimer, Brian Schottenheimer, their new offensive coordinator, was pretty interesting because uh, th- he's not going to call the plays. We know that Mike McCarthy is going to call the plays, but they did hire an what offensive coordinator. Was that Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher? Uh, <laughs> 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 you know I, mean? yeah, I mean, Mike McCarthy's calling the plays, but his new OC is talking to the media, and he claims, uh, and this has come uh, from DallasCowboys.com, um, uh, Brian, Brian Schottenheimer says they want to play fast. He said, quote, we want to play physical fast and make everyone cover the entire field. I want us to be able to play fast. Mm-hmm. Now, is he talking about fast, meaning they they have a lot of speed on the field to separate and run away from defenders? Or is he talking about he wants to play fast as an offensive tempo, meaning he wants to be up-tempo uh, and you know, try to get a lot of plays in to put pressure on the defense. Are we talking about both? Which one is he talking about? I, I would lean more towards I want to play fast as far as tempo. So you think it's tempo? I think it's definitely tempo. I mean, you, you we they got enough speed out there. We thought they had speed before. They just weren't executing. I think it's more of the tempo type of uh, of play calling. But I don't. But again, it goes back to what we were talking about before. How can you play up speed if you're trying to run the ball? That's well, you can, you you can. I mean, you can you just run the ball and go up tempo, but it does it defeats the purpose at times of giving your defense rest. <laughs> yeah. Like what do we? Which is what they said they want to do. Right, remember? right. They That's they what want I'm to saying. Give their so defense I'm like, rest. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I, Schottenheimer, until the game start, man, don't talk. <laughs> Let's just stay with the people at the top. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's get our. But I know they had training camp, so there was access that was there. But I'm thinking mostly playing tempo. I think they're going to play more with an up tempo thought process. Which is okay. So can I just throw this out there? Because I know you're not a Kellen Moore guy, so I'm not going to get you too riled up. Don't do it. Uh, 
But <laughs> Kellen Moore was playing with the best tempo in the league, arguably. Mm-hmm. If you look at uh, situational, if you look at top 10 no huddle percentage each year uh, and in plays per game, the, the Cowboys were right there, first, second, first, and sixth mm-hmm. in plays per game. They were top 10 no huddle percentage each year. Uh, situation neutral pace, they were second, first, first, and fourth. They played with a lot of tempo when Kellen right. Moore was here. And I'm with you. They have stated several times that they want to control the ball, run the ball, and keep mm-hmm. their defense fresh and keep it off the field. They've hinted that, and yet we hear him saying they want to play fast. That's why I was asking, is he talking about tempo? Is he talking about them just wanting to be a you know a, a speed-oriented team offensively, guys like Tony Potter and CeeDee Lamb? Um, I wasn't sure, but like you said, it, it doesn't sound like they're – I don't know, it doesn't sound like he and Mike McCarthy and Steven Jones are all on the same page. Right. Like you know, That's what I'm saying. Like, are y'all not having page. a meeting? <laughs> Have y'all not discussed what we're going to give the audience every single time? This is what we're going to talk about to the media. Yeah. And this is why we're going to talk about this because this is the expectations the that I have. The messaging should be the yes. same. The messaging ain't the same. It don't seem unified at all. I mean, I could understand if you're saying – well, first and second down, we're going to go a little bit slower. But then third down, if we if we got a third and we know it's a passing down, we don't want to let them change up the players. So we'll basically run the same guys out there, and we know how to hurry up then so they can't switch out personnel if we pound the ball twice on first and second down and then throw on third. Like, I, I think there's situations where you'd want to be able to go quick yeah, just to try and get them where they can't sub. But at the same point, that's also – that's not really what he's saying. And yeah, it's not, it's like I said, and we could just be reading way too much into it. So I'm just, I'll just bring it up the quotes. I thought, oh, that's interesting because you hear Stephen Jones on 105 through the fan. This quote says, We actually, you might say, <clears throat> excuse me, held Kellen back on productivity just so we could stay out on the field longer at times. Mm-hmm. That's been again to help the defense out. It's why the running game can be so important because you get to stay out on the field longer. So he's saying, because I just gave you the stats about Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore like, loved up-tempo. He's like, man, let's hurry up as much as we can. Yep. And they were like, sometimes, Kellen Moore, like, Kellen, calm down, man. We, wanna, we want the defense we to be need fresh. Def- yeah. We want us out. Yeah. Which, that, it all, that all tracks. And then hearing Mike McCarthy say, I've been with Kellen Moore. has been, Kellen wants a lot to scoreboard, uh, but I want to run the damn ball so I can rest my defense. I think when you're a coordinator, you know you're in charge of the offense, but being a head coach and being a play caller, you're a little more in tune with everything. I don't desire to be the number one offense in the league. I want to be the number one team in the league with a number of wins and a championship. Yeah, And I think everybody's like, yes, I love that. Great. Um, great w- message. Great message because the yeah. Cowboys, if you look at take take offense with non-offensive touchdowns removed, so take away non-offensive touchdowns, that's kickoff returns, punt returns, and defensive touchdowns, which Cowboys have a lot of those over the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. In 2022, you take that away, Cowboys are third in scoring behind Philadelphia and Kansas City. Last two years, Cowboys have the highest scoring offense in the NFL, ahead of Kansas City mm-hmm. and Philadelphia and the Bills and Cincinnati. Scoring a lot of points. I guess they want to win more games. I was say, not getting a lot of wins. Well, they getting twelve wins, but they want to beat. They want to get past the divisional I was round. Say they want promised land. So. And I think, yeah, and I think the way they wanted to do that was to focus more on the defense and feature the defense. And I just thought it was interesting that Brian Schottenheimer was like, "No, we want to play fast." I'm like, "Well, you've been playing fast." <laughs> yeah, I thought your your boss, yeah. your boss is are saying they want to slow it down. They want to get screwed and chopped. Yeah. And you saying I want to speed it up. So anyway, they're throwing it out. Yeah, there. I appreciate you bringing that up because I definitely <laughs> was looking at it, talking about okay. What do you mean playing fast? You have fast guys on the squad. 
There wasn't anybody that wasn't really fast out there. You brought in Tony Pollard. You talked about C.D. Lamb. You had uh, other slot receivers. You had mm-hmm. uh, what? What? What's my man's name? Uh, Turpin. Turpin. Oh yeah. You had him. Mm-hmm. You didn't use him the mm-hmm. mo- the way that we thought you were going to. So what? What do you mean by that? So it had to be tempo to me. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll see when we when the Cowboys' offense is unveiled, if you will. We'll see uh, if tempo is still a big part of it, or if they just want to run the rock. Uh, okay, let's get to this uh, Rojo and Bijan news, and then we'll uh, get out and get ready for Hard Knock Life. So, Rojo, let's start with Rojo because I, I I've been searching around for Rojo stories, and they're everywhere. Yep. Chicago Bears websites. You go look up a Chicago Bears football website. I guarantee you there's a story about Rojo on there. They talk. They talking a ton about him, and the front office can't stop talking about him either. Um, there's a lot of talk about Rojo in the front office, and it was the um, the GM uh, Ryan Poles, yep. I believe, is his mm-hmm. name. Um, he actually is also uh, speaking very you know complimentary of Rojo. Remember, we played the story. From my man Richard Hightower, lifetime Longhorn Richard Hightower, I should say, uh, a couple of days ago, maybe that was last week, where he tells the story of Rojo in the meeting room, and uh, everybody leaves the meeting room, guys leave their trash everywhere, Gatorade cups, water bottles, and Rojo stays behind and cleans up the trash. Coach Hightower comes back, and he's like, what you doing, man? He's like, I'm just cleaning up this stuff. It's trash. I don't know why everybody left their trash here, but it bothered me. I don't like it. Me. Things need to be done a certain way, and the right way is the way they need to be done. Uh, that's basically his mm-hmm. mindset, and we mm-hmm. played that. It was great sound, great audio. So now we have uh, Ryan Poles, and he was with Cynthia Furland of NFL Plus, and this is what he claimed. He said he ran, or his his, his the front office ran. Uh, they ran fifty three simulations of the draft leading up to the actual NFL draft. And none of them had Roshan Johnson falling to them where he did. Um, uh, he said he told uh, he, the quote says he told Furland, and I looked for the sound. I couldn't find the audio. How is he available at this point? I have no idea. Poe said <laughs> he said um, I, ha- I abs- quote, I absolutely love this player and I love the person even more. You talk about contact, balance, strength, size. We're going to love this guy, especially when we get in December. He's a special guy who can enhance the culture in our locker room too. And there was a there's a an uh, a beat writer that's been following the cow sorry the Cowboys the Bears for years, and he actually believes his sources are telling him that Roshan Johnson's going to crack the starting lineup potentially. Hey, no seriously, he I was, wouldn't be shocked by it. He was doing a Q and A. All right. This first. This is his first quote. He said, "In the end, I think Johnson will find his way into the starting lineup." Mm-hmm. The Bears have been effusive in their praise of him. It's also important to note that while they like Herbert, Poles and Eberflus didn't draft him, and he was asked uh, on in a Q and A. Sorry, here's the question. He's like, "Hey, man, give me whatever question you want. I'll answer it about the Bears." And somebody asked him, "You know, Roshan Johnson is you know our running back one," um, and that was his response to it. That in the end, he thinks Rojo will find his way into the starting lineup. And we we uh, told the story, or at least we read the report last week, that they want to do running back by committee, the Bears do, which is really good news for Rojo because that means he's definitely going to get a shot. Exactly. And all he's got to do is take advantage of his opportunity, and we know he's going to do that. Right. <laughs> right. And that's the thing about it, too. You, you know, you brought up some very great points about how 
we think of him and how those coaches and the, the staff thinks of him. But we've talked about that for years. If he would have been at any other university, if if let's put it like this, if B. John Robinson wouldn't have been a running back at the University of Texas, Roshan Johnson would have been the starting running back at the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. And we saw it throughout the country. He could have been a starting running back on pretty much any other team in the country if he would have been their bell cow. Yep. Because we see the talent. We've seen the way he's gone about his work ethic. He comes in, even if he's replacing a Bijan, he's running just as hard, and you gave the stats, about the broken tackles. He's just as effective. So, for me, I'm not shocked by them saying, oh, man, he might be our starting running back because we know what he brings to the table every single day. And like I said, and it is true. They have the compliments have just been uh, just overwhelming um, uh, for for Bijan. Yep. And how I, I remember reading the quotes from one of the scouts. The I guess the lead scout for not Bijan Rojo. I apologize. Um, I think I said Bijan, the lead scout for Rojo for for the Bears. And his name uh, escapes me. It was Sidey or Sidi. Um, I'm sure I yeah. mispronounced it, but it was S Y T Y John at John Sidey or Sidi, um, and he's their Southwest area scout. And he said this young man uh, who has some pretty special qualities just in terms of his leadership ability. He's someone we really feel can become a pillar in this organization for a really long time. I feel really strongly about this guy. I'm excited for you guys to meet him. There's a level of it factor to this kid. The second he walks into the room, all you guys are going to feel it. I'm a little bit emotional. Talking about this yes. kid. We spent a lot of time with him. Coach Walker went down and visited with him at Texas. We worked him out at Pro Day. This kid has been through a lot of adversity, and there's a reason that we selected him today. I have a feeling this guy is going to be with us for a really long time. This human being is wired differently. Uh, the more time you spend around him, the more you realize you're the one that probably has the stuff that you need to work on. He's that kind of guy. Mm, mm, mm. That's I mean that's from I mean, the we lead scout. We've seen it. Um, so they I said they love them some Rojo. Um, says he he just emulates everything we want a Chicago Bear to be. I just can't say it enough. The it factor about this kid is special. Yeah. And we've seen it. We've talked about it ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we've it. seen it firsthand. We've seen the growth, the maturation, mm-hmm. the change, the position change, and how he took it head on. I mean, we've seen. We talk. What did what did Sark say? Man, if it wasn't for him, I don't know what would have happened. Went, it would have went it off the rails. Exactly. It would have went off the rails. With That's him. the leadership. Mm-hmm. That's no the question. conversation. And what does he say at every press conference? I owe those guys a debt of gratitude for what they were able to do in that moment for mm-hmm. the University of Texas by having everyone fall in the line and to believe in it. We played, uh, let's jump to the other great NFL running back, uh, former Longhorn in that backfield, a lifetime Longhorn, I should say. He's a legendary lifetime Longhorn, and maybe Rojo will be one day too. Um, but Bijan was uh, was doing an interview with ESPN, and we played the audio of Terry Fontenot, the uh, GM for the Falcons, talking about how they want to use Bijan and saying they're going to use him as an offensive weapon. All right, yep. He said, we're not just use, thinking of him as a running back. We're thinking of him as an offensive weapon. And there's been videos that have surfaced of him lining up in the slot, uh, running routes downfield. Uh, Bijan, when asked about how they're going to use him, Arthur Smith, the uh, play caller and head coach of the Falcons, he said, quote, he uses me everywhere from receiver to running back. He lets me do my abilities and skill set the right way. And whether it's catching the ball, running routes, obviously running the football, blocking and doing it all. 
That's so, what it's all about, man. He's and and I. We, think, what have we talked about for him too? Yeah, it was a perfect landing spot for <laughs> yeah. Bijan. It was uh, that you couldn't have landed in a better spot because uh, Arthur Smith believes in positionless football. He's one of those guys that's got a very versatile skill set, and they also run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. And he's going to be their bell cow running back, but not just a bell cow running back, a bell cow weapon. And DraftKings Sportsbook has him as the preseason. Uh, rookie of the year for those reasons. Mm-hmm. That's going to lead him to it because he's going to get more opportunities. Not only going to line up at running back, line up at wide receiver, line up in the slot, line up at off off back. I mean, he's going to be doing everything, and they're going to find ways to get him the ball. I said it from the beginning that if you are if you're going to take a chance on taking a running back that high in the draft, you better use him and use him as much as you want to mm-hmm. because he's a different type of back. What do you call him? A, a he's smart X factor? Back. He's a smart back, smart man. Back. That's they, right. They can he do does it, it like all. a smartphone. <laughs> yeah. He can do it all, man. Can do, do it all. Um, all right, so uh, Harsh Knock Life coming up next. What you got for the people? We're trying to get uh, Coach Carter on. Uh, he's finishing up batting practice, but if not, we called an audible. We got our man Cameron Parker who will be calling this game this epic high school baseball game nice. that uh, he's already got the prep for it, so he's going to take us behind the curtain and let us know what's going on. Uh, sounds good. Talking some hardball with my man Hardball coming up for Hard Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speaking my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the new theme Thursday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy Hardball Harge, and the new theme is uh, number one. Wimbenyama. My man Patrick Davis is still on cloud nine because his San Antonio Spurs get the number one pick. We don't know if it's going to be Wimbenyama. No, I'm just kidding. Everybody's talking about Patrick's head almost snapped over there looking at me. But everybody's excited down there in SA. I heard the, the cars honking all the way in Austin because of that. Uh, it's your boy Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. And of course, you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line 512 337 3776. And joining us on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline, you hear him on Light the Tower. They call him the Colonel around here, Colonel Cameron Parker. Uh, will be joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Cam, what's up, buddy? What's up, Cam? Did I hear Patrick claim to be a, a Spurs fan? I, I thought Patrick was an H-Town guy. What, what, Patrick, you picking and choosing here? Good lottery man? <laughs> Come on now. I've been a Spurs fan my whole life. <laughs> there just doesn't happen to be a, uh, okay. there does not happen to be a basketball, uh, a, uh, a football or baseball team in San Antonio. There it is. Mm-hmm. What you say? What you say? Okay. Boom. There it is. So he's always been down with them. But 
I like the way you try to call him out because he is because <laughs> he is a Texans fan for sure. He is definitely well, a, he's back. Well, now. originally a Love Your Blue Oilers fan who had to become a Texans fan. That's really where he worked out. So. Yeah, so it it, it all plays yeah, yeah, itself yeah. out. <laughs> but Cam, you're from uh, Carolina. Who's your team? Are you a Carolina Panther fan? No, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I was raised the right way. Uh, by my family in Texas. So uh, I am a Cowboys fan. Not I'm a, a very apathetic Cowboys fan. Uh, but most of my most of my teams outside of OKC all resonate in the Lone Star State. Okay. We'll let you ride with that. <laughs> well, Kim, let's get into it, man. This is one of the uh, most talked about matchups in the state of Texas. Two top ten teams going at it right here in Central Texas. And you have the pleasure of of calling the game. You've been calling Round Rock uh, baseball all season long. You've been doing the play-by-play. You've been doing the commentating. You have been doing a great job. So you got to see this Round Rock team up close and personal all year. What are some of your biggest impressions from this team? Well, Hard, as you know, Coach Carter pretty well. I mean, they are well – they're one of the most well-coached teams I've seen on the high school level. I mean, they're, they're infield, they're, they're defense, the, the way they run the bases, the way they can hit and run and they can lay bunts down. It, it reminds me uh, of just a well-coached Juco team or even a D1 team. I mean, they're infield with David Bradley at second base, Hudson Ellis at shortstop, Tyler Teach at third, and Ren Andrewworth at first base. I mean, that's probably one of the best infields defensively in the state of Texas, and that's what lays lays the ground for them. And then anyone in their lineup can hit. I mean, just like Wesley, as we'll talk about, I'm sure, in, in a few moments, anyone on this team can hit. Hudson Ellis, the junior, he's a Dallas Baptist University commit. He's probably the team's best hitter, but he's not even leading the team in hits this postseason with Connor DiDiswaldo. Uh, he's a right fielder junior. He has the most hits in the place postseason so far with seven, but everyone in their lineup has four, five, six, seven hits, and that's what has made this team so good. They, they aren't reliant on one guy. They're not a heliocentric baseball team. They have nine, ten, eleven guys who can come in, get a hit, and they have some horses out of the bullpen as well, along with Travis Decora, who's going to be possibly a, a first or second round MLB draft pick. He signed to Texas, the senior. He sits in the upper 90s. He's had 100 this year. He's got a wicked slider. And then Tanner Jackson, who also comes out, he's a number two starter. He's a right-handed pitcher who's got a great fastball and a great curveball. So they're a great one-two punch. And, I mean, any any given night, those guys can go five, six innings. And when you get six innings out of a high school starter, usually that yields a win. No doubt about it. We're talking to Cameron Parker. You can hear him every day from 10 to 12 right here on Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe. And, Cam, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about you brought it up, Travis Sequoia, uh, the Texas commit. Obviously, there's going to be a bunch of major league scouts that they've been traveling around all year watching him every time he pitches. Have you seen him ever get rattled? I mean, it's it's one thing to be throwing 99 to 100 and mixing in that slider as well. But then there's some days you just don't have your best stuff. Have you seen him mature from day one to where he is right now? It's funny you bring that up. There was a game earlier this season. It was a road contest. And let's just say the home plate umpire strike zone, I don't know what he was looking at, right? We, we all have one of those one of those days. And the core, who usually, you know, he'll, he'll strike a lot of guys out, doesn't typically walk a lot of batters. He was walking a few guys. And he – you could kind of tell it was starting to get to him, but he didn't let it get to him. And throughout the season, there's been times when he'll give up a hit. 
and there might be a, an error in the base runner gets to second and third, and you're like, okay, this is what the scouts are looking for. Let's see how he racks. And he somehow always finds a way, even with a runner on third base with no outs, to get out of that half inning without any runs given up. So to the answer your question, Harge, he, he seems like a very well, well-matured type of kid. Uh, he, he's very humble. And, I mean, you hear it from talking to the parents and Coach Carter. But, you know, hearing it is one thing and seeing it is the other. And from what I've seen this year, I think he's by far the real deal. And it's a big reason why the last two playoff wins, Sakura uh, has delivered. Yeah, I'm excited to watch him. I know a lot of my buddies I've been talking to that are scouts have been talking about this kid for the last couple years. I know he has some history with a lot of the uh, West Westwood. I mean, excuse me, the Westlake guys. They've seen him since they were little kids as well. You know what, Coach Carter is calling me right now, so we might have to get you off. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, uh, Ren Andewartha, I've I've known Ren since he was a baby. I played high school baseball with his dad. Uh, we played against each other. He is a Round Rock legend over there. He's matured a lot playing first base. He's come up. I've even seen him beat out a ground ball to win the game in uh, San Antonio versus San Antonio yep. Reagan. Um, talk about what he brings over there at first base because I know he can pick it over there, but he's also been pretty stable of keeping that infield in place. Yeah, he's a great first baseman, defensively sound. He's a power hitter. But, and, and you know his dad, and his dad's pretty even kill, doesn't seem to get too riled up. But now I understand that, his, that he was like his son because his son, Ren, he is the most vocal guy in the field. He is, I think, the team leader. He, he's always in the ear of the pitcher, uh, of teammates, just kind of getting them hyped up. If they make a mistake, he's the first one over to talk to him. And he's the first one to, to tell the opposing team, you know, if, if something bad happened, right? He, he's hilarious. He's fun to watch. But He's definitely the most energetic kid on this Round Rock team. He brings it. I know his dad sometimes wishes he would uh, chill out some more. But, hey, every team needs that type of guy, right, Arch? No doubt about it. Cam, as the man, I appreciate you. We're about to bump you off and get Coach Carter on. How about that, bro? Cam? I, I think he was upset about it. I think Cam was very <laughs> upset. I'm bumping you for coach. Coach Carter? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing, buddy? I know you've been on the field. We just kicked Cam Cam off, and he's mad at me now. So he may not even let me call the game. (laughs) He's got a better voice than me, so you might want to keep him around. Uh, It's all good. We're talking to the head baseball coach of the Round Rock Dragons, Coach John Carter, the man who has been over there taking this team to newer levels and higher levels. Coach, we were just talking to Cam about your squad and how you've put this all together. And one thing I've known all my life about Round Rock Baseball, they know how to compete and they know how to play in these types of games. I know you just got done with batting practice. How are you feeling? How's your squad looking? And I'm sure you're ready to go. I'm drenched. I'm hot, sweaty. and uh, no, That's what it's about. You throw 500 pitches in BP to get these guys ready to go out and compete at their best and to be where their feet are and that's what they're going to do. They had a great round of BP. They've had a great week of practice, and uh, they're ready to rock and roll. So, how do you how do you keep this guy, this game in perspective? I know um, being around the game as long as I have, and and watching this program flourish through all the years, going back to Coach Langerhans being the head coach, and now you taking over and leading this team that way. But when you sit here and you know 
what's at stake and you know who the team is and a lot of these guys have played against each other and with each other during the summertime. So there's no no uh, hiding or tricking anybody. It still comes down to playing the game. But how do you keep your guys on an even keel? You know, we, we try to focus a lot on the mental game and understanding that you can control what you can control. Uh, don't live in the past. Don't look to the future. Be where your feet are. Play one pitch at a time. Be in the moment and and enjoy the moment. Sometimes we get so caught up in the, the noise, as I call it, that we don't uh, remember it's a game. They don't say work ball; they say play ball. So uh, we just gotta go out and play and be us and compete and see what happens. Yeah, coach. I know that you have the uh, spring game that's going on right across the the way at the football stadium, and then everybody's going to come over to the baseball game because everybody knows what's at stake. They know this is a big game. And not only that, you got Travis Sequoia on the mound that is uh, highly touted. A lot of scouts have been there and following you guys all around. And, you know, Westlake travels well also. How are you going to be able to hold all these people, man? I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get into the stadium tonight. You can sneak out by my parking spot and sneak in down there if you need to. Uh, no, really, uh, you know, I can't control all that. Uh, I told the guys that. I said, there's going to be all kinds of distractions that are out there. Uh, we can't, you know, if the, those kind of things take us away from what, what we're doing. I said, today is Thursday. It's just like last Thursday, the previous one before that, and the one before that, and the one before that, and the one three months ago. Uh, it's a Thursday. Treat it that way. Don't make it more than it is. Stay in the moment. Be where your feet are. Understand that you can control. You can't control the weather. You can't control the umpire. You can control your attitude and your effort. And that's what we're going to do. Try and control our attitude and our effort and go out and compete at the best of our abilities. And what have you seen from Westlake? Obviously, you guys scrimmage each other a lot during the uh, preseason. You've seen each other the last few years. Both of you are are pretty much led by your seniors. So it's it's a just go out there and play ball. But when you look at Westlake, what do you see? I see a team that's very competitive, that's never out of a fight. Uh, they've won a lot of uh, close ball games, uh, especially here recently, some extra inning ball games. Uh, they're going to throw strikes. They're going to play good defense, and they're going to put the ball in play. Uh, they're a quality club led by a, a highly talented, uh, large senior class with a lot of experience, and that helps you. Uh, experience is, is a key. Uh, but I feel like you know it's, it's going to be a great matchup. If you look at the numbers on paper, pretty even and um it'll be a good ball game great atmosphere yeah and i can't wait to get out there first pitch tonight at 7 30 i would encourage anyone that is going to this baseball game go there now because you're gonna <laughs> need to try to get in there because i expect it to be at capacity i saw uh, a post today that they told everybody to bring their lawn chairs as well because they might be sitting outside the fence coach i wish you nothing but the best of luck and i'll i'll see you tonight you probably won't see me hey, because there's going to be so many people there, but I definitely will be there. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for, for giving me the opportunity to come on here and, and talk to you, and more importantly, giving our kids the due diligence and, and the credit they deserve because these kids work their tails off on a daily basis, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are giving some credit and some love. So thank you for all that you do for, for high school baseball. No problem, Coach. And as Thanks, as coach. expected, man, you work hard, and, and that's the you reap the rewards mm-hmm. by working hard, and you get a chance to play at these high-level games. But I'll see you tonight, Absolutely. and best of luck, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you. God Good luck, you Coach. Guys. You got it. That's Coach John Carter of the Round Rock Dragons. I mean, I played against Coach Carter. <laughs> 
when we mm-hmm. were when we were growing up. He was he was playing here at Round Rock as well. So I've known him. He knows what it's all about. We've had Coach Langerhands on before talking about Coach Gus, but also talking about the times where he had me perplexed over there trying to <laughs> I was like, man, this dude <laughs> he made me nervous every time. I'm like, this dude knows everything about me. So they they do their scout due report, diligence. Huh? Oh yeah, he scout had every scouting report. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for this series and uh, you know, it's it, it just sucks that they're playing this early, and one of these teams are going to end their season going up against a local local squad. So it's going to be tough, but uh, I'm excited to watch some good baseball. And you said you're heading out there. I am heading out there tonight. Okay, you gonna you gonna end up you you have a seat already? I do saved? have a seat. Oh, somebody yeah, saving yeah, you. Yeah, oh, somebody yeah, saving yeah. you a seat out yeah. there? Huh? Well, I'm gonna go sit by Cameron. I'm gonna go sit <laughs> by Cam. Cam got a table waiting up there. So uh, are you calling? Are you... I'm gonna hop on with Cam and oh, do a couple innings. On. I'm gonna call, I'm gonna do a couple innings with him. Okay, nice. Do yeah. you know what innings you're doing? As soon as I get there. Okay, wow. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah, nice, yeah. then. All right, yeah. yeah. That's a little news there. Yeah. All right, so make sure Cam uh, doesn't take it personal that he got bumped. Yeah. It seemed like I think he, he might knows. Have. He may get me bumped tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. Now that power dynamic shifts quickly. You, you bumped him, and now he has the power to bump you. No doubt. Yeah, all no right. doubt. Oh, so looking forward to that coming up tonight. All right, uh, we come back. We'll get into off the record. Is uh, the city of Austin losing its cool? We'll get into that on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. D.D. Mega Doodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. All right, gentlemen, let's talk about um, the beautiful city that we call home, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas, baby. Baby. As the, uh, the happy birthday to VY. Happy birthday. Who we also my have brother. to discuss. We'll get into a VY conversation probably on the other side, too. We got to pay homage to the, uh, to the great Vince Young and give him some love. Uh, but how about this? Um, the U.S. News and World Report, which uh, reports on the best places to live in America. Usually, Austin would be ranked really high. It's been in the top 10, top 15, year after year, it would seem, on this list. They uh, reportedly are at number 40 on this year's list. Number 40. Yes. In the previous six years, Austin has been ranked between number 1 and 14, never dropping out of the top 14 in the last six years. The list consists of 150 cities. Uh, but this is the third straight year that uh, Austin has dropped on the list. I like it. <laughs> I, actually, I like it. Actually, I love it. <laughs> um, and I think I think affordability uh, has become the biggest issue. It has been an issue um, for a lot of people. In terms of the factors uh, as to why it is no longer at the top of that list is affordability. And we all agree. I mean, Austin used to be a, it used to be a great town to have a cheap date. You can no longer have a, a great cheap date in Austin. It, you can, but it, you got to know a lot of people and you got to know somebody. And, and you got to definitely have to go to a picnic, chicknic, like you, you always chick, talk yeah, about. You, gotta, yeah. Yeah. you can't, yeah, you can't go to an actual restaurant anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's no longer uh, at the top of that list. But like you, you are an Austinite who probably likes that. You don't want people. I don't want no more people here. here. No, yeah, no. I, I I really am at the point where it's like we don't need more people here. 
We don't need people saying, oh, man, I love Austin. I'm moving here. No, we don't need you. No. We don't need you. We've done enough. We've done enough. So I'm with you on that. I'm glad to hear that we're 40th because Um, at first, everybody, when it was first, everybody was coming here. Now, to your point, the affordability has changed. The numbers have gone through the roof. We've already seen what happened with the housing market. There's so much that has gone on to where it's like you're pricing people out. And it's like, nah, we're not going there. Yeah, it's hard to live in Austin, within the Austin city limits. Exactly. It's hard to be able to afford to live within the Austin city limits. Yeah, Uh, yeah. It's funny when you price out all of your culture, that suddenly your culture is worse. Yep. I don't don't get when you're like, you're like, hey, man, you know what? All of the all of the great like little Mexican places you go to, we're gonna oh, price all them out. We're gonna price those. all them out. So we're gonna be going, hey, and you know all the musicians that y'all really love, and we're also live music capital of the world. We're gonna price them further and further away. We're gonna make clubs steal money from them. So we're just gonna do that so that they they're not gonna be here anymore. We're just gonna keep doing this and pushing all of our fun parts away, and then wonder why people don't want to move here. It's like, well, you pushed away the fun part, and now it's just yeah. it's just people with money. Like, yeah. this yeah, see, is yeah. the deal. We need more bars with less lighting. <laughs> that is that's what Austin used to be. Now every bar I walk into in Austin, it, I can see people, and I hate it. I love that. Uh, you're right about no, I just say my 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 barometer is, and I, I'm a married man, so date night is still a thing. But yeah, the cheap date. I used to love Austin because it was a cheap date town. Yeah, great yeah. cheap date town. You get all these little because not only was it like the bars, like yeah. you just go yep. to a great yep. bar, get a couple of drinks, pretty cheap, and then you a lot of to great the next spot, you a lot walk of great, down yeah, the street, a lot of great restaurants on the cheap. And like, said yeah a little hole in the wall Tex-Mex spot that was on point yeah. but now they can't afford the property taxes so they decided to close down yeah I mean that that is a part of it but now to to Hard's point the culture now is being it, it's still a great culture in Austin it is a more commercial corporate Absol- culture though absolutely right people think like the South by Southwest and ACL are the best parts of Austin culture we're like no that's just the commercial yeah. part of Austin culture that you that national uh, it makes national headlines yep. but that's not the best part of Austin culture but that has been replaced so you can't have it both ways people keep moving to Austin that has made Austin one of the best cities to get a job in America um, in terms of the the economics in this town the commerce in this town Tech boom. Yep. Yeah, it's a music town, movie town, food town, food. It's got all that. So it's great for the economics, great for the finances, terrible for traffic, and terrible for affordability if you're actually trying to. There's no such thing as a starter home anymore. That's no. your damn house. You're going to be in there till you die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ain't moving. Quit asking me if we're going to move. No, well, we ain't moving. Well, at least you're moving in Austin. So, yeah, I get I mean, there's downsides to it, and that's upsides to it. I still think Austin is. I, I'd rather live in Austin than Houston or Dallas, and I'm from Houston. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, Houston and Dallas have the exact same problems we have, except they've had them for a lot longer. We're just figuring out how to deal with them now. The big city problems. Yeah. Yeah, the met- the big metropolitan city issues. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, all right, so uh, there you go. Uh, that's Austinites complaining about people moving to their town. First world problems here in Austin we do just have. Just stop right. turning up the lights at bars. <laughs> Come on, man. I want a cheap, I want a, a cheap beer, a cheap shot of whiskey, and, and some darkness. To drink in, in silence with, and y'all keep moving in and putting the bright lights over my bars. Yeah. Uh, Terrible. Yeah. Someone says here, Texas, stop calling Austin the live music capital of the world living in the past. Is it? Is that is that now not a thing as much? It, it's as never f- been a thing. It, it's always been a, a slogan given really? by the government to try and steal money from musicians. Wow. It has always been the government. And look, the government's trying to do stuff now because they have more money now, so they're trying to give back a little points. 
but it's still it's still a little late for a lot of it, and wow. it's, it's highly politicized. The music scene is now. There you go. That's somebody in the know. There you there go. Uh, all right, uh, we'll come back. We'll get into. We'll pay homage to Vy. Vy celebrating a birthday day. We'll give all, all of our kind of Vy takes here on the show. Then we'll do NBA playoff review, talking about him a Jimmy <laughs> uh, as well, and we'll also uh, talk about a lifetime Longhorn who's climbing the ranks of the uh, coaching ladders in the NBA. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful number one.